Welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast, priceless inspiration and advice for street photographers everywhere. Hello again and welcome to episode 37 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine, and this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. And I'd like to thank you again for taking the time to listen. I know you've got a lot on your plate and a lot of options on how to spend your time, so I'm glad you're able to spend a little bit of it with us. And I know it's been over a month since we last published a podcast. Now, my wife and I spent the entire month of August finalizing the sale of our house in Cleveland, packing and moving and unpacking. Well, sort of. We still have a long way to go on that end. And I promise this is the last time I'm going to use that as an excuse for anything. You know, time to get back to work. But I tell you what, I knew moving was going to be a lot of work, but this was like double or triple what I expected. Plus, it's stressful as all get out. I'm not going to do this for a long time, I promise you. And now that we're here, we're getting ready to hunker down for a hurricane. Although we're pretty far inland, they say we could expect up to two feet of rain. Two feet of rain? What's that all about? Well, well, I guess we'll just deal with it as it comes. Hopefully it'll veer off back into the ocean and it won't bother anybody. Just a reminder too, in case you didn't know, we have a fairly new Facebook group and it's really picking up steam. Since the last podcast, we've added over 300 new members. It's growing fast, but it's a real lively community and we're starting to get, you know, a lot of discussions in there and a lot of action. So I encourage you to give it a try. To make it easy, all you have to do is go to the link talkstreetphotography.com. That's talkstreetphotography.com. That's a special link we made that'll take you right to that group. And then just click the join button and then we'll approve it. And now some news about the Miami Street Photography Festival that's coming up. Uh, the festival itself is going to be in Miami, December 6th. It'll be uh, Thursday, December 6th in the afternoon through Saturday, December the 8th. Plus the exhibits will be open again on Sunday, December the 9th. They have a really amazing street photography contest that you can enter. The deadline is coming up soon, which is October the 1st. So put that on your calendar. If you have something good you want to submit it, please do so. Just do it before October 1st. It is probably one of the premier street photography events of the year. I know I'm looking forward to it. I plan to be there this year. I'm scheduled to speak about how to get published. It's going to be a presentation and a Q&A session. So if you're at the festival, please come. Be great to see you there. And I'll also just be around. I want to meet as many street photographers as possible. So if you happen to be there, please look me up, chat me up. I'd love to meet you in person. I mean, it's great to be able to meet people that we interact with through the magazine and through the Facebook group. It's great to meet people in person. There's really no substitute for sitting around and, and shooting the bull with people about photography. What can be better than that? And if everything works out, I'm going to have Juan and Veronica who run the festival on a special podcast episode later this week. Also, I want to remind you that Street Photography Magazine is now published on the 15th of the month. That means the magazine will be coming out this coming Saturday, the 15th of September. So watch for that. And we've got some really good stuff coming up. And I'd want to let you know that uh, we've got a really special article in the magazine. Uh, Ashley, our editor, wrote it. Ashley Hunsberger. She's an excellent writer. And uh, I think she really knocked it out of the park with this article. I'm not going to spill the beans or anything. But make sure you read that one this month. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And our guest this episode is Randall Roberts. Randall answers the question of, what do I shoot when I live in a small town? Randall lives in a really small town in southwestern Pennsylvania called Belvernon. Not a lot going on in these smaller towns, but Randall does not let that get in his way. He goes out and he gets it done. He's a great example for anybody who is sitting around twiddling their thumbs, wishing they had more to shoot in their own town. He goes where the action is. 
He makes the time. I mean, he lives about an hour from Pittsburgh. He goes into Pittsburgh frequently to shoot. He shoots in his own town. And he created a personal project, a very compelling personal project. It's called 5,000 Portraits. And he's challenged himself to shoot 5,000 portraits. And I tell you what, it's taken his street portrait work to the next level. You really have to check it out. We have a link in the show notes below. He proves the point you don't ask, you don't get. He was interested in this music festival over in Ohio. He wanted to attend this festival. He picked up the phone and managed to secure himself a set of press credentials. And that gave him the ability to shoot the event from backstage and from the pit in front of the show. And he basically had free reign of the grounds where he took lots of candid photos of people participating in the festival. I was really amazed. I didn't think you could actually do that. But all he did was pick up the phone and ask. Like I said, you don't ask, you don't get. Bottom line, Randall takes action and he makes it happen. He doesn't wait for it to come to him. And I had the pleasure of spending a day shooting with him at the Republican National Convention. It was two years ago now, 2016. And it was really an amazing day of shooting. I had a great time and it was excellent to be able to connect with him in person. So I'll say no more. Why don't you sit back and have a listen to my conversation with Randall Roberts. And I have with me today Randall Roberts. Randall is uh, from the giant city of Belvernum, PA. And if anybody knows about shooting in small towns, he's the guy. But I, I first met Randall, oh my goodness, he... He wrote an article for the magazine very early on, about five years ago. And then two years ago, you know, I'm in Cleveland. We had the uh, Republican National Convention here. So the magazine sponsored a, a photo walk for the day at the convention in and around that. And uh, Randall drove up like three hours from uh, Western PA. And I really appreciate that. But anyway, before I keep rambling on, Randall, welcome Thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. And it's also glad to talk to you again. It's been, like you said, yeah, two years since we did the convention. It doesn't seem that long, does it? No, it sure didn't. It sure didn't. Yeah, and I, I was really glad you uh, drove up here. We made some good friends during that. And, yeah. You know, people we keep in touch with. Um, we'll have to do it again. I think, uh, of course, I think they're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina next year. Is that um, right? Yeah, I think they just chose it. I don't know where the Democrats are going to be, but... Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a very interesting time. And when you talk about shooting events, rather than shoot the main event, with, of course we couldn't because we didn't have press credentials, but shooting around the edges of something like that is, is a lot of fun and probably more interesting than Exactly, exactly. There was a lot of, lot of interesting people, a lot of interesting things to see. Um, I think it would have been nice, you know, to shoot the main event, but... You know, it was a fun day. It was a good time. Yeah, I tried to get press credentials like four months before, and they had already closed it down. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's okay. We just, uh, we we photographed all the people on the street. <laughs> yeah, and there was a bunch of them, wasn't there? There were. There were. I got, uh, I got, I was like two feet from Newt Gingrich. You got a close-up of him and, you know, of course, a, a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of news people. Oh, right. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And all the crazies in and around it. That's the best part of it. The unusual people. Yeah. 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 So anybody who's listening, if you uh, you ever have a chance to photograph around a uh, big political convention like that, uh, a presidential uh, per convention, man, I can't talk today. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's a great opportunity and take advantage of it. Right. I definitely recommend anyone that has a chance to do that to go out and try it, especially if they're interested in street photography. Yes. So Randall, Randall is a, he's a busy guy. He photographs, he must photograph nonstop. Uh, so what, uh, what got you into this in the first place? Um, well, as far as street photography, I guess, um, I guess what I'd say, I didn't even know what it was back then. Um, it probably really started with my father. 
Uh, my father was a truck driver, and I was fortunate. It was actually my stepfather who raised me. I was very fortunate to get to spend a lot of time with him. And we would be out, and my father would always be looking for something interesting, something unusual, especially people, people doing something interesting, people that looked unusual that, you know, and he would always, he just had a way of pointing and kind of nodding. He wouldn't say anything. He'd just point and show you the person. And then later, you know, did you see that? Maybe discuss it a little bit. Um, when I got a little bit older, um, 12, 13, I guess, my mother gave me a camera. And like I said, I didn't know what street photography was back then, but I would go out and at first just in my family, taking pictures of my family, things that I found interesting them doing, you know, the real, I always really loved the candid photos, um, even to this day. And that's really all street photography is, is catching a candid photo of someone just being themselves, um, you know, instead of posing them. And I've always loved that. And as I got older and found out that there was an actual um, classification for this, and then you know, going out in the streets and trying this, um, getting over the nervousness of doing that. I've just just always loved that sharing what I find, sharing the interesting things, the interesting people that I find um, with the public, with I don't want to say fans because I don't think I have any fans, but with people that are interested in street photography and seeing this. Yeah, it's amazing how many people get a start or get an interest in this type of photography from being young. And, it, and it's very interesting that your father or your stepfather would kind of school you in observing people. Right. Which, I, which I'm sure has really served you to this day. It does, because um, even now, like I said, I still look, even when I'm not out, when I don't have a camera, it is, you're fortunate now because you almost always have a camera with you because you have your phone. And they've gotten some really good resolution, so you can almost always get a picture. Um, but just out looking around, he did sort of train me for this without ever knowing it. Um, you know, just to look for stuff, to be interested, to watch people, to observe and just to notice. And, you know, that's all I do when I'm out now. I watch and I observe and I notice and I try to look for interesting things and interesting pictures to capture. Um, yeah, that's obvious. You know, and as I said, Randall lives in a pretty small town and I'm asked very often, you know, how do I get into street photography in a small town? It's not always easy to do, but I think you have to have a variety of interests, and you certainly do that. I mean, you photograph lots of things, not not just uh, street photography, but you photograph events, you photograph people, portraits. Right. And, you know, that when you do those kind of things, it keeps you sharp. Right, right. I like to I like to get out and shoot as much as I can, even, you know, even when I'm at home, a lot of times, um, you know, I have a regular job that I do. A lot of times when I'm on my lunch break, I'll end up taking some pictures of my cats, um, going outside and doing a little bit of nature photography. We have some bird feeders out back and stuff trying to get pictures of birds. I think it's always good to stay in practice just through any type of photography. I know, because sometimes I, you know, like you, I'm well, I'm in a suburban area, but there's no people around, and I just sometimes feel sorry for myself. I'm working all day in my office, and then I, I actually have to drive a half hour to to be downtown where there's any real street activity. I feel sorry for myself, and there you are. Hey, I can't shoot people. I'll go shoot cats. Yeah, yeah. Just take a few pictures. Take some pictures of some animals. Go outside, and a lot of times. Um, even in a small town, we get we get lucky sometimes. Now, I've actually, I lived in Belverne and I live in Shawl right now, which is just across the river. So oh, it's like okay. five minutes away. But um, we have a lot of, um, I don't want to call them festivals, but there'll be like car shows, um, mm -hmm. little concerts in the street. Well, they'll block off two or three blocks. And just even things like that, if you go to those and just walk around a little bit looking for people, it's nice to get to a big city. Um, I've always wanted to go to New York and do street photography. Um, I am fortunate enough to live close to Pittsburgh, and I can go down to the south side, the Strip District. That's always a great place to practice street photography. But um, even in small towns, if you just walk around and you're patient, you can get some good shots. Um, yeah, really. And Pittsburgh is, I think it's a great place to shoot. It uh, is. I grew up near there and go there, you know, I go there pretty often, but it's it's such a photogenic city. I mean, it's it's down in the valley, and it's got all those interesting bridges uh, crossing the river, and yeah, like you say, the strip district is nice, uh -huh. busy, a lot of people on the street. Yeah, same thing. Same thing with over in Southside now. Um, the Southside, the strip district. Um, in the summertime now, you can go down over to the North Shore 
there's some mm-hmm. nice nice locations over there um you can always you can always go down when they do the tailgating for the Steelers games or the concerts or things like that um there's a there's a lot of opportunities to look for where you can get pictures of people but i always find i try i go to some of the things like that to take pictures but i try i have to be careful that i'm not trying to get a picture um mm-hmm. as opposed to just watching for something interesting cuz sometimes you see a lot of street photography these days posted online and things where somebody will just set up in a location and wait for someone to walk past and take a picture. And sometimes it works out good. And sometimes it's just kind of, you know, I, I, I like to really have something that has a story, not, not a story that I need to tell someone, but a picture you can put up and people look at that and think, oh, gee, what was going on there? And it has some interest. And I think, you know, you have to be careful whenever you're out as far as what you're taking pictures of. Um, I try to balance you know, I go out to do street photography. I go specifically to do that. But if I get a picture, okay. If I don't, well, that's okay too, because I'd rather have something good to share than just have something that's kind of forced. Yeah. And we do see a lot of that. And like I say, you have to be careful if you're around a, a bunch of drunken Stillers fans. <laughs> there's, there's a few of them. If you go down, if you go down <laughs> to a tailgating thing, you'll find a few of them. And sometimes... Sometimes it's interesting and sometimes it's just, you know, it's like I said, sometimes you're just taking the same picture. Again, I see a lot of people in, you know, groups. I follow a few groups on Facebook and you see you get a lot of pictures of a young lady just walking away that people take a picture of. And it's sometimes it's just not interesting. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's been done a lot and there was no story there. And I think a lot of it is I would guess a lot of it is people that's new and still trying to build up their courage and get that. Um attitude i'm fortunate that i'm older now and i have that attitude well, i'm not worried about what people think about what i'm doing you know what i'm doing i'm playing pleasant but i'm out there to do something and if you know someone gets a little bit confrontational i know how to handle it but i i see a lot of stuff that just looks um you know i, I think a lot of times people go out and just snap 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 and hope to get something to share when they're done rather mm-hmm. than going out and really watching and observing and um i think there's something to be said for um was it Henry Cartier that talked about the decisive moment? Yeah. I think there's something really to be said for that, to be, you know, to just wait and get that one picture that's worth having for that day. Yeah. So how do you know when something's unfolding in front of you? Is it a sixth sense? I, you know what? It's I, I probably miss more than I get. Um, yeah, don't we you know, all? You're walking along and sometimes... You have, I have two cameras I shoot with. I have a Nikon that can have a lot of different lenses. I have a Fuji X100T that I shoot with. Um, Sometimes you see something going on and you just watch for a moment and, you know, wait for the right moment to take a picture that kind of tells that story. And sometimes it's just, you see it and you have to get the picture real quick. You don't really have a lot of time to compose and things like that. And so um, I know there's a lot of debate about this in, let's call it the street photography community. A lot of times when I've taken a picture and you've seen something, a lot of times when you're out in the street, something will unfold really quickly. And you just bring up your camera and you get the picture. And you don't really have a lot of time to compose it or crop it how you would have wanted. Myself, personally, I don't have an issue with cropping a picture after you've taken it, you know, in Photoshop or something like that. I think, you know, I would draw the line at some people add something to it or take something away from it, you know, edit something out. I've seen pictures where people put a new moon in it, things like that. I don't do that, but cropping a picture, I don't have a lot of issue with. I think that's okay, especially when it was a quick grab. And you crop it down and you get it to where you want to tell the story that you wanted to tell with that photo. Um, I feel the same way. I mean, especially if you're using a small camera like that, and if you've got a wider lens, you don't have time to run across the street. Right, exactly, exactly. So get the shot and, and crop it later. Right. It's For me, it's about the story. For um, Let's call it the story you want to share, because... You know, you're getting you're getting these pictures of people just being people being themselves. And a lot of times, even if you try to move into a better position, like you said, going across the street, the people notice you and they stop what they're doing. So I would Uh rather I'd rather get the photo and then crop it to be the story I want afterwards. Yep. No argument for me. There's a lot of people out there, though, that you would get a big argument from on that. Don't you agree? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's true with everything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you do what's right for you and and you're fine. And you've been doing a lot of portraits, too. I do. Um, um, I do both. I do like um, 
you know, senior portraits, formal stuff like that. But I've also, um, I like to take pictures of portraits of people out in the streets also. Yeah, I just, I saw one on your Facebook, uh, Facebook page at the, uh, taking up the Lamp Theater. Yes. And I think the woman was like the general manager there that's, or something. That's, that's really correct. nice portrait. Yeah. Danielle, Danielle, a very nice lady. Um, I always, I always like to do that. Just grab some portraits like that, and that has actually, um, during the last year, turned into a project that I'm working on. Actually. Yeah. What's that? It's so I'm working on a project. It started out um, a conversation between me and my wife, where she sort of, sort of challenged me to do 500 portraits in one year. Um, and I actually, I did those, I think I did the 500 portraits in about three months. So wow. we, we had a discussion and we decided to turn it into more of a formal project and, you know, put it out there a little bit to share it with people where I was going to attempt to do 5,000 portraits. Um, now, some of these, it's a mix. Some of these are portraits that I'll have a session, a formal session that I do with people. Um, I do some portraits for a couple of groups, a couple of nonprofit groups that I do a couple times a year. Those are included in there, but the bulk of them are just me out in the streets. And the rules that we came up with between me and my wife is basically the person has to give their consent for the photo. Um, you know, I can't just walk around and snap pictures. Mm -hmm. So I, I approach people and I say, is it okay if I take a portrait of you here in the street? Sometimes I tell them about the project and give them a card. Sometimes I don't get to do that. But I approach people and I say to them, is it okay if I take a portrait of you? And I take one, two, three at the most portraits. Um, I check them real quick on the back to make sure I get a good one. I thank them for their time. And then I go walking along looking for the next person to take a picture of. And let's see, it's been just over a year that I started this. I think, I want to say July 8th was the date that I began this of last year. Um, so it's been going for just a little more than a year now. And I currently have 1,948 photos in it. Wow, that's that's quite a lot. It, yeah, it is. And it's but it's when I think about it, I think, boy, that's a lot. But then I think, well, I'm I'm not even halfway there yet for what I want to do. And I, I suspect when I get close to the end that my wife is going to challenge me to add more to it anyhow, <laughs> just uh, just to sort of that's keep good. it going forever. Um, but it's, it's enjoyable. I get to meet a lot of people. Um, I've actually made friends from it that I've, you know, stayed in touch with. I get people who go to the website and look at it and send me an email and would like a copy of the picture that they can get a print made off of and stay in touch with me and follow the project. So it's nice. I get to meet a lot of people through it. So is that the 5000 Portrait Project website? Is that your website? It is, yes. Oh, okay. And those okay. are all the pictures on it are mine. Wow. So how does um, I mean you've, you've been taking a lot of portraits, which give you a lot gives you a lot of portraiture experience. And how does being a portrait photographer affect your street photography, or the other way around? Well, I would say the biggest thing from doing this project, especially, is you get a lot more comfortable with people. Um, mm -hmm. You find out that. I think a lot of people, when I first started doing street photography, the big thing that made me nervous was taking a picture of someone that um, I didn't know. And, you know, you kind of get more comfortable with yourself, more comfortable with people don't mind having the picture taken that much for, for the most part. You run into some people that don't. And, you know, it, it raises your comfort level. And so when you do the street photography, the normal, the candids where you're not telling people what you're doing. It, I think the big thing it helps with the most is you take this picture of somebody doing whatever and they see you and they approach you and, hey, what's going on? Why are you taking pictures? And instead of getting all flustered and nervous, you're a lot more comfortable talking with strangers now. And you just say, well, here's the thing. I'm a street photographer. I thought what you was doing was interesting. I took a picture. I'm not looking to make fun of you or anything like that. I just thought it was interesting and I might share it on my website. Um, it also helps you with that. I think the portrait project is helped by doing street photography because it helps you with that looking for something interesting because the portraits to do 5,000 of them. I try not to just take pictures of just anyone. I try to look for people that interest me the same as I do with street photography. So it, you know, it helps you with that watching when you're out walking instead of um, not paying attention. It helps you with that looking and paying attention to what you're doing and finding the interesting people, the interesting things that you want to take pictures of. Are you doing this with your 
mainly with your Nikon with more of a, a portrait lens or are you using yeah. the Yeah, for the, the portrait. No, for the portrait project, everything I do for that is with my Nikon. Um, mostly I shoot them with either... Um, sometimes I have a Sigma 135 lens on my camera. Sometimes mm -hmm. I have a Tamron 70 to 200, depending on what I take out that day. The bulk of them, I would say, when I go out specifically to shoot this, is um, the 135. I use that portrait lens that I love. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But um, not I don't do any of the portrait project. None of them is done with a cell phone or um, my Fuji camera. Okay. Yeah, I don't blame you. you. You know, especially you have you have the right lens. You want to right. You know, you want to be able to blur the background and exactly, exactly make it really look like a portrait. Yeah. Um, on another subject, I uh, I noticed you had a photo featured on uh, what what's the website? Looking at Appalachia dot com or yeah, looking at dot... Appalachia dot org dot org. Yeah, right. that's um that's a site run by Roger May. And I had found it, I probably found that site a couple years ago, and I found it interesting, um, some of the pictures people are posting. And I guess I, I looked at it a little bit closer at one point and found out exactly what, I, you know, myself being from Pittsburgh, I wouldn't consider Pittsburgh Appalachia, but I guess it is. It's considered part of it. And mm -hmm. um, he was soliciting some photos for the new year. He He does a request submissions from people each year. And I had a photo that I thought he might like, and I went ahead and submitted it. And he did accept it for the project. And it's um, it's in, it's part of the project for 2017 is the year it's under. Um, it's down in Pittsburgh, a little boy with his mother eating a donut. Um, just early in the morning, it was probably seven o'clock in the morning when I took the picture. And I sent it into him just, you know, a little bit different. A lot of what is on there or like more scenic um, old buildings, deserted cars and yards, things like that. There's not a lot of people in it. And I wanted to add a little bit of that to it. And I was very honored that he accepted it and made it part of the project. Uh, yeah, you should be. Uh, there's a lot of nice work on that website. Um, and I had never heard of it until I saw that uh, you were accepted. And uh, so I took some time to explore it. And I thought, wow, I'd, I'd, I'd love to submit some photos as well, well, most of my photos taken, like in the Appalachian region or like in my hometown, and I took those before this year. So I, I think they have right. to be like current photos, right? Um, I'm trying to think. I I believe so. I believe he wants the photos you submit to be from that year. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I see most of the ones from Ohio are taken at around Athens, Ohio, which is a college town. So you know they've got all these college students who are. Damn fine photographers, by the way. My, right. my my son went to photojournalism school there. So okay, but uh, yeah, it it's a it's a great site, especially if you have interest in in that part of the country, because right. it is a you know a very unique part of the U.S. I think. Yes, yes, and I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler. I have one. I don't know what'll happen with it. I don't know if it or not. I have one that I want to submit for this year. Um, I think it's usually like August through the end of the year that he takes his submissions and then he lets you know what's going to be in it like early the next year, I think. But um, I have one that I want to submit for next year that kind of portrays the whole region in a more positive aspect, you know, rather than the everything run down, everything, uh, yeah. you know, because I know when people think of Appalachia, they think of poverty and, you know, everything being run down and things like that. But I, I have one I want to submit that puts things out there in a little more positive aspect. No, oh, yeah, it's not all run down. It's no. a beautiful place. It is. It really is. And then, um, just most recently, I noticed you did some photography at uh, at a big event in oh, it's in south southeastern Ohio called Jamboree in the Hills. Yes. And here I see you have a photo you took of of uh, Cowboy Troy, and then he wound up reposting it to his his uh instagram, uh, instagram followers yes. and which i don't blame him it's a great shot i mean how, how did you get involved in shooting that event well i got um i got a little bit of an interest a few years ago in doing some conference concert photography things like that and um the big festivals interest me because you go there and you know you get to see more than one band so you have more than one opportunity rather than going to a small club or something and i had 
known about Jamboree in the Hill my whole life. Growing up, my mother and grandmother and aunt used to take us every now and then. We would go down to Wheeling um, to the Capitol Music Hall. It was called mm -hmm. um, the Jamboree. What did they call yep. it? Uh, I think they just called it the Country Jamboree or something. Yeah, I think it was Country would, Music Jamboree, yeah. I think they called it. Right. Yeah. We would go there and see bands. And I knew that there was this big festival all the time called Jamboree in the Hills. Um, so when I got into this doing a little bit of concert photography, you know, branching out, trying to try that a little bit, I looked up the Jamboree in the Hills, didn't know anything about it, didn't know who went to it, anything like that. And I sent an email um, in fact, it wasn't even an email. I sent a message through Facebook on Facebook Messenger to the Jamboree in the Hills group, and I asked them how I would go about applying for media credentials. And I ended up getting an email and getting the process started and underway, and I spoke to the right person, and I got credentials. And I went up, and 2017 was the first year I went to that. Um, went up and you get to take pictures of the bands but the big thing for me because you know here it goes back again to my love of street photography is going around and taking pictures of the crowd um that's what i really like when i go there go around and take pictures of the crowd and now i get pictures for my portrait project for that also but every now and then i'm not a big country fan as far as music but there's some people like um cowboy troy i've been a fan of since his song the one he had that was popular and i was I was very excited to get to take pictures of him. Um, I actually took that picture with my Fuji, my X100T, with the wide-angle conversion on it. That's how close I was able to be to the stage. And when I found out that he was sharing it, I was I was just truly, I truly thrilled by that. Um, I told my wife, "This is this is probably as famous as I'll ever get." Cowboy Troy shares my picture on Instagram is probably my big moment <laughs> in the sun. So um, we actually printed a picture, a screen capture of what he posted on Instagram. And we've hung that in our house as a little memento of what he did for me. That's really cool. So what did you do? You actually posted the, the photo on Instagram and he saw it and then shared it? I believe I posted the picture on my Facebook. Okay. Um, and... I guess, you know, whenever I post it, it's linked to the Jamboree in the Hills thing and everything. And he somehow saw it. And I got a message from him asking if he could share that on his Instagram. And I, you know, told him, certainly, you know, I'd be honored if he did. And he shared it on his Instagram and, you know, it got a bunch of people liking it and everything. And got me some more followers on Instagram. People went over and followed my Instagram and things like that. And, you know, like I said, just just a real big thrill to get that to happen because, um you know, it's it's fun going out and taking pictures at these concerts and everything, but it's it's getting to be like everything else in photography. You know, you're not going to make a living doing it. No. Um. So to get a little bit of attention from doing it, though, especially from someone that you're a fan of, it, it was a pretty big moment. It was, you know, my wife and all my kids were really excited about it. So it was nice. Yeah, that's really nice. I, I was I was thrilled when I saw it. So, yeah, good for you. So now when you got credentials, I mean, were you able to, to photograph backstage and, and, and from the pit? Um, well, what they do at Jamboree in the Hills, you actually go up on the side of the stage. Um, you're right up on stage with them because the stage is probably, I don't know, five or six feet tall. It's a pretty tall stage, but you're right up on the stage. You have a little blue box that the photographers go stand on and you're shooting from the left hand of the stage. And then you can go down around front and there's a little walkway where people walk back and forth and there's a fence there. And you can also stand up front, up front there and shoot. So you do get a little bit of access. Um, as far as backstage access, not really. You have to have a prior arrangement with one of the stars to go back and do pictures of them back there. You can get some behind the scenes pictures of, um, you know, what people do behind the scenes, but really not of the stars. Well, I tell you, that just teaches you. I mean, it teaches us all a lesson. If, if you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. So, you know, that's what I like about what you're doing. You're just, you're just putting yourself out there and trying different things and asking for permission and yep. look what you're getting. Well, that's that's what I've learned. Um, you know, like I said, I'm fortunate enough that I'm older now. Um, I've never really been. I, I wouldn't say I was ever shy. Um, maybe a little bit quiet at times. But you know, I'm at the point in my life where the only thing someone can do is say no. If I approach you walking down the sidewalk and I say, "Hey, you know, is it okay if I take a portrait of you? I'm doing a project. My wife." 
Double Dog dared me to do 5,000 portraits of people. <laughs> Help me prove her wrong that I can do it. You know, that I can do it. She doesn't think I can. Let me take three pictures of you. You say no. And you know what I do? I just say, okay, thanks. Have a nice day. And I say to him, keep the card, take a look at the website. And I go down the street to the next person that I want to take a picture of. And for anyone out there thinking of doing this, trying something like this, I'll, I'll, the best thing I can tell you is you honestly get more, more yeses and nos. Yeah, well, that's good thing, to know. Yeah, the big thing is to approach them with confidence. Um, I think, you know, if I'm a little bit tongue-tied and I don't say it outright, I get a no sometimes. But I think the more you walk up to them and you're just confident and say, hey, you know what? I'm a photographer. I'm practicing my portraits. I want to take a picture of you. Would you mind if I take three quick pictures? You'll get more yeses and nos. Well, that's so helpful. I mean, we get, we ask people very often what, what do you need help with in terms of your street photography? And the number one issue is people are afraid. They're nervous about photographing strangers. Yep. They're afraid to talk to strangers. And you've just proved that it's not a big deal. It, it's it's not. It takes a little. It takes a little bit of practice. You know, it's like it's like anything else. You know what? You go to the ocean on a chilly day, and it takes a while to get out there and it up to your neck. But once you do, <laughs> you're glad you did it. Um, you know the. This is what I'll tell anyone. Um, street photography is, is amazing. It's fun. It's a great way to spend your afternoon. Go out there and do it. Anyone who gives you a hard time, waves their hand in front of their face, doesn't want their picture taken, you know what? 99 out of 100, you're never going to see them again. Just go out and yep. do it. Have a good time. Be daring. Give it a try. Be polite. You know, don't don't ever break law to do it, but go out, have a good time, give it a try. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get. Just get out there and do it, do it, do it. Share your stuff. Um, be willing to, when you share, to ask for honest and open criticism. That's been a great thing for me. I've been lucky enough to have some people that would really look at what I'm doing and give me some criticism, not hurtful, not mean, because um, I, you know as well as anyone else that in social media, there's people out there that, just want to be mean and spiteful and just want to knock down anything you're doing, um, you know, not be complimentative at all. But, you know, find someone that you trust that will really be honest with you and say, this is a good picture, but it could be better if you did this. And just learn and grow and get out there and do it. Um, I don't I don't know that I'll ever be famous, but, you know, I think that at the end of the day, I have a nice portfolio of street photography work that I'm proud of. And how has that constructive criticism helped you? How is that? How has yeah. it helped you go to the next level? You know what? If you really listen to what the person is saying and consider it, I won't say that um, the people that I've had do this for me, that I agree with everything they said. Mm -hmm. um, but it really, you know, if someone says to you, if they look at a picture and say, this is a good picture, but what if when you was taking it, you had done this or that, and you really look at the picture, and you got to be willing to consider it. You got to be willing to listen to it, and you got to be willing to see the value in it, and then you got to be willing to implement it. Um, if somebody says to you, you know what, this is a good picture, but how do you think it would look in black and white? Now, everybody does street photography in black and white, so nobody's going to say that probably, but maybe if probably. they said, how do you think it would look in color? And you look at it in color and you really consider it. Um, you know, there's a lot of good street photography. I don't think street photography is limited to black and white anymore. Oh, no. Um, so, you know, give color oh, a try. No. Um, but, you know, what? listen to them. You can, you can always, you know, it's not just photography, but in anything in your life, if somebody has given you honest, open critique of your work, it's always good to hear it, always good to learn from it. Um, I would say the biggest things I've learned is to consider what you're shooting. Um, I, I see, like I said, I see a lot of people who I've went out with street photographers who they they might as well just stand in the middle of the street and spin in circles and click their camera and then they go home, look at it and see what they're getting. Um, to really, really consider your shots is the best advice I was given when I was given this criticism. Um, you know, because sometimes you can see that you're just snapping pictures and mm -hmm. consider your shot when you're able to think about the competition. You know, if you see something unfolding and you can really watch and move into a better position and get where you want to be and compose a little bit more, um, you know, get a little bit closer, do whatever you need to and really consider your shots a little more, um, you know. The, the value is, like I said, you don't have to obey everything that you've been told because I've had people who were looking at my work and willing to give me a critique say, did you crop this picture? And I'd say, yeah. And they'd say, oh, you should never crop it. 
Um, <laughs> okay, but I did, <laughs> and and I'll, I'll do it again. You know, some stuff you listen to, some some you don't. You you know, you have to weigh the value of it and compare it to what you're out there doing. So how do you go about uh, uh, getting people to give you this um, input? You just I'll tell you what, if you post your picture in a group and you ask for honest criticism, you're going to get both ends of it. You're going to get the people that just want to detract from what you're doing. But you're going to get some people that are really open and honest and trying to be helpful. And then you just build a relationship with them. Um, I'm fortunate enough to know a few photographers. I know a few that do street photography. Um, you know, hey, look at this picture and just tell me what you think. Um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I, I could post stuff on my personal Facebook and just get likes for likes. You know, my friends would like it. My family would like it. I'd rather have someone look at a picture and really tell me what they think about it. And there's, there's some people out there that will do that for you. You just got to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Don't always just don't always ask your mom. No, no. I, I, <laughs> mom no, likes I, everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can I can show a picture to my wife and she go, oh, that's nice. And yeah, she, nice. Yeah. I love my okay, wife. Leave me alone. She, yeah. She just glanced at it. I, I can show a picture to my sons and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. And then if I take my phone away and say, hey, what was the picture of? They would go, um. I don't know. Uh, uh, it was black and white. And, you know, <laughs> and I love them, but they don't they don't have enough interest in it. you got to find someone that kind of shares your passion for it and reach out to them and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm looking at this picture and I'm trying to grow and I think it could be a little bit better. What do you think? And, you know, and there's people that I do that for. Too. I have people that will reach out to me and show me a picture that they're not confident enough to post online yet and say, what do you think of this? And, you know, I, I try to be honest. I try to be, you know, I don't ever want to be hurtful, but sometimes you have to say, you know, that's not very good. But you obviously don't think it's very good. Why do you not think it's good? And and they usually know. And then you say, well, you know, there's some things you can work on, right? And, you know. So do you ever have a photo that you've just fallen in love with and then showed it to somebody for input and they go, yeah, I don't know. Sure. Why'd you sure. bother? <laughs> sure. I have a picture. I have a picture of a little girl. Um, standing at the fountain down at Point State Park. Um, her back is to me that I think is just the greatest picture in the world. And a couple times I've actually went ahead and took the step to submit this to not a contest. I don't I don't submit to contests a lot, but um a publication. And it just comes back with no response. And I think, you know, I even say to my wife, I say, well, what is wrong with this picture? I love it. And, you know, I don't have an answer for it. And, you know, I've showed it to some people who go, oh, you know, it's it's a little girl standing by a fountain. And but to me, you know, I could say, I guess, I don't know, maybe because I was there, I know what was going on. She was standing there just fascinated by the fountain. Um, you know, so some people like it, mm -hmm. some people don't. So, you know, it's the same with everything. If you get something that you really like and somebody says, oh, yeah, I don't care for that. Well, OK, I'm OK with that if you don't like it. But tell me why, you know, help me grow, help me. Help, yeah, me, yeah. help me get better. Tell me, tell me why you don't like it. Um, you know, if somebody says, oh, I don't like it, that's not that's not valuable at all. Um if they say, well, I don't I don't care for this because and then help you out a little bit, then that that's very valuable. That's that's how you grow. If you listen to them and consider what they say, that's how you grow and become better. But there's there's always going to be the picture you love that somebody's going to say, I don't care for that. Um, and there again, you know, you you take what you take from any conversation. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, Randall, that's a good that's a good point to end on. But before we go, um, why don't you tell us what you're up to next? Um, well, I've been doing the 5,000 portraits for a year. It's um, just over a third of the way done. So I'll probably be doing that for the next couple, two, three years. Um, I'm going to be out doing street photography still um, just because I love that. I have some stuff. I'm, I'm very excited about the page you started on Facebook with people sharing stuff. I see a lot of nice stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I will probably at some point actually go ahead and make the step and gather up a bunch of pictures and see about having an actual book of my work published if I can get anyone with any interest. Ah, just why to, not? Just just to share it. I'm a big fan of um I love I love social media for sharing your stuff, but I'm still a big fan of um printed printed work. Um You know, I mean, I'm in the digital publishing business, mm -hmm. but there's no substitute for having that on paper. Exactly. We can feel it and touch it and look, you know, look closely at it. 
you will, and, and it's reproduced the way the photographer wants you to see it. Yes. Because you never know what's going to show up on somebody's computer screen. Exactly. Or what it's going to do to it. Exactly. And you'll always be able to tell my favorite pictures, if it's street photography, if it's my cats, if it's my family. You'll always be able to tell my favorite pictures by taking a walk through my house and seeing what's hanging on the wall. Yeah, that's great. We all need to print more. Yes, I agree. I agree. Everyone should. Um, I see people that post pictures online and I reach out to them and tell them all the time, you should have that print hanging in your house. Yeah. Well, hey, before we go then, tell me, so how are you printing your photos? Um, mine, I, I print them through a service. I have a, mm -hmm. a lab that I use. Um, Meridian um, used to be, what were they called? They were the big printer of Kodachrome film. Um, when people would have Kodachrome developed, they, in fact, they developed the last roll of Kodachrome film that was out there recently. Did you uh, see the movie Kodachrome? I did not. Oh, you've got to see it. It's on Netflix. Is that right? Well, then I will go watch it. Yeah, it's about the last, well, it's about a photographer. Mm -hmm. And he was a famous photographer and he was dying. And he had several rolls of Kodachrome that he had to get developed and his son, who was estranged, drove him across country. It's okay. kind of a predictable, schmaltzy story, but, uh -huh. but you're a photographer. You got to see it. I, I will be sure to check that out. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's what I do with my pictures. I have them printed through from a lab. Um, most of my pictures I have mounted so that I don't have to put glass in the frame so I don't get the reflections. Mm -hmm. Um Everything, I think I don't do any canvases or anything like that. Everything we have hung up in the house. I think we have one canvas. Everything else is framed work. Okay. Okay. And any particular paper you're using or does it, does it depend on? No, you know what? I got, I got to be honest. I, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin on picking my own paper. I trust the lab that I use to print it on what it needs to be printed on. Good. Very interesting. I'm going to look into Meridian. Uh, that's a great tip. And I know I keep thinking about getting a, a nice printer. Uh -huh. and eh, ink. Yeah, you know. yeah, see, I, I can't, I can't. Every time, you know, just printing stuff at home, documents, whenever we need to print something, we're out of ink. I drive myself crazy trying to print my own photos. Yeah, 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 good point. Well, so where can people find you? You've got a uh, few presences online, I think. Uh, everybody would be interested in hearing about. Yeah, probably my biggest ones are the 5,000 Portrait Project. Um, I can actually give you a link for that. And I also have a page where I post, um, I would say as far as my street photography, that would just be if you look up Randall Roberts on Facebook, you'll find okay. me on there. And I occasionally post stuff up on there. Okay. All right. And what about Instagram? Uh, you know, I don't do a lot on Instagram. The 5,000 portraits are up there. Um, the same pictures are on the website. I do have those all posted up on Instagram, but I, I don't actually do a lot with Instagram. I need to. I listen to a lot of the stuff, a lot of the podcasts you do, and I keep thinking about the. I should blog more. I should do more on Instagram. Um, I've just not got it up and running yet, though. Yeah, I think it's important to write about your work, even if it's only a paragraph or two. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I try to dabble in that a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I, I will never be a writer. My wife, generally, I type something up and then my wife cleans it up for me. I would like to start doing that more, going out for a weekend and doing street photography and then posting it up on a blog and sharing it more that way. Yeah, it's easy to do. Hey, you set the Weebly site up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where my 5,000 portraits are. It's on Weebly. Um, I actually, I have a, um, I actually have two Weeblies. I can, I can get the links for both of those to you if you're able to share those. Um, one for the portraits and one that is basically just events and things. I go, things I go to cover, um, more of a photojournalism site, things like that, concerts I've done and stuff like that pops up on there. But just another way to share what I have. Well, Randall. Thank you very much for taking the time. As, as always, Bob, I enjoyed it. Um, I look forward. Um, once you get moved, we ought to make a plan and get another little group together and go out and do some street photography again. I agree. I agree. I'll either come up to Pittsburgh or I know we'll, we'll meet in uh, in, uh, we'll, we'll meet uh, in Breezewood. Meet, meet, <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to say we'll meet at Jamboree in the Hill next year. Yeah, that'd be okay. There you go. Yeah, just let's make some plans to get together. And, you know, like I said, I just want to 
again, end by encouraging everyone out there to don't be bashful, don't be shy if you're interested at all in street photography. Just get out there and do it. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Street Photography Magazine. It is the number one source for inspiration, education, and publication for street photographers everywhere. It's made by street photographers for street photographers. Street Photography Magazine is published once a month, plus a few bonus issues throughout the year. Each issue includes an interview with our featured photographer to discuss how they work and take a deep dive into some of their photos. It also includes photo projects and photo stories from photographers around the world to inspire you. And it's a place for you to publish your work to be recognized. For example, the Street Shooters of the Month section of the magazine. It features photos from members of our community. And many of our featured photographers have been selected from that group. So stop trying to go it alone and join the community. All of this for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month. Stop over and subscribe now at streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe.